Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today as we talk about you. That's right. We're here once again to help you thrive in all that you do. I'm so grateful to have you here with me for the time that we get to spend together, to up-level together, to be all that we can be, to maximize while it's called today, to live and to thrive as the entrepreneurs that each of you I know are. And today we want to talk to you about valuing yourself. Do you value yourself? Do you really truly feel the way you should feel about you, charge the way you should charge about you, and have a comfortable conversation with yourself about the money that comes in, the money you spend, um, you know, do you really understand your purpose and do you then value yourself enough that you charge what that purpose is worth that you, um, and I'm not talking about necessarily a specific amount as much as are you charging an amount that really says to you when you get it, I am valuable. I value me and therefore I put whatever that amount is on this effort. It's really important that each of us really value ourselves, that we really look at how much we do in the world and then we allow the money to reflect that. And I'm not saying, you know, I mean, because like, for example, moms, uh, you know, they don't get paid a dime for what they do. Um, and there's no amount that you could charge that would be worth the work that a good mom puts into it. But the question becomes, even when we're not talking about money, do you understand your purpose and do you value yourself? And do you see each minute of your day, whether it's changing diapers or running the world, do you see the value in you? And are you the first one that acknowledges how valuable you are and then shows up in the world as that valuable you that you are to be a thriving entrepreneur. That's what I want to talk with our guests about today. With that, we've got three amazing guests, and we're going to jump right into it right now. Join me in welcoming Michelle Haxt. Hey, Michelle, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well, thank you. It's 7.30 a.m. here, and I've already done a couple of calls, so I feel like I've worked half a day already. <laughs> wow, talk about early to rise. Is that a normal day for you, or is this a little earlier than normal? Uh, I'm normally up around 5.30 anyway, but um, yeah, I've just had a, a bunch of early calls booked in, which isn't usual. I usually start a little bit later, um, but yeah, it's all good. Oh man, if I'm up at 5.30, that means I stayed up all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm an early, I go to bed early though, so um, I'm one of those people. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. I show up as, I guess... I try to lead in the space of um, high ticket for coaches and consultants. And I just love to show up and let people know that when you undercharge, you're doing yourself and your clients a disservice. And when you charge what you're truly worth, you can deliver a result that your potential clients or that your clients can get excited about. So definitely all about high ticket and just showing people how valuable high ticket coaching is and why I guess I wouldn't do it any other way and why I would recommend other coaches do it. Don't do it any other way as well. So just for a basic uh, definition for people who aren't sure, you know, because for some people, a thousand dollar offer would be really huge to them. What do you define a high ticket item as? Yeah, you nailed it there. There is no monetary chasm over which we cross and suddenly we become high ticket coaches. It's definitely about what feels like, you know, a, a stretch for you as far as um, charging? And do you feel like you are able to deliver, you know, a much 
higher level of service because of the, the you know the the price that you're charging so you know for example i work with client i work with four clients at a time um, because they charge ten thousand us dollars a month for my coaching and that means that i only get you know i don't need to work with any more than three or four clients a month um, you know with the other things that i've got going on as well um, and it means that those clients get you know um everything that they need from me over the course of those four weeks that we work together. I love that. So, you know, the thing about it is, is that when you have done a bunch of low ticket items, you know, you've been selling $10, $99 stuff, and you go to make that first really stretched high ticket sale, um, how do you talk yourself into a price that is enough of a stretch that it's, that it's a good pricing? Yeah, I think, look, I don't know anybody that's gone from selling things at that low end kind of digital offer price of, you know, $10, unless they've made a lot of money doing it. Um, So I don't know that anybody has been sort of playing around on the internet as a coach and selling stuff for $10 and then gone high ticket. As I say, unless they've made a lot of money doing that and they're ready to teach what they know, Um, in which case I would look at you know, what do other people want? There are going to be people that are paying attention to you and seeing that you're making a lot of money off these low-end digital products. And there are going to want to be people who want to know how to do that. And so then you would ask yourself the question, you know, what is it worth to them to be able to replicate what I've been able to replicate? And then you just come up with a figure that feels like a stretch for you, but, and a significant investment for the client, because, that's important too. You know, when they've got skin in the game, they're going to do a better job at making sure they're getting a return on investment as well, which makes your job easy. Um, So I'd look at that. But if you were somebody who's only ever charged, you know, a hundred or $200 for your coaching, and maybe you charge, you know, $500 a month for your coaching, and you're looking now at moving into say a $5,000 coaching package, which is kind of my specialty to get people started then what I would look at is what is the problem that I'm solving? How confident am I that I can solve it given that I'm charging this price and I'm able to give the client a little bit more time, Um, figure out what it's worth for them and then find a figure that feels good for you. Um, Essentially, what I say to my clients is you want your, you want it to be a, a big price for you, but you also want to look at the way that you've packaged it so that the clients are going to, it's just going to be a no brainer because there's so much value in there and you have so much confidence in the offer that you almost feel like you're doing yourself a disservice because you're selling it at this price, because you just know what result you're going to be able to produce. I love that. So typically speaking, you know, you're talking, you like to get people into that $5,000 range to start off with. Um, are you usually talking to them about a month-long program, uh, one VIP day? Where do you usually suggest they start? Yeah, I, the reason I think, firstly, that I love the, the $5,000 is that most people who are serious about investing in themselves have access to $5,000, whether it's a credit card or, you know, sitting in their account, or maybe they need a payment plan so that they might have to pay it over two or three payments, but people are going to have access to that amount of money. I've tested a lot of different prices over the years, and that just seems to be the sweet spot for people in that high ticket space who are getting, you know, it, it, or moving into that. Um, And so for me, how long that offer is, is going to depend on the product and the type of coaching. So for example, um, a $5,000 offer for a business coach would never be more than four weeks. Um, You know, I have a a program uh, now that I run as a group program, but it was a one-off coaching package and it was called the 5K formula for coaches. And, And the premise was that you would create and sell your first $5,000 coaching offer in four weeks or less. And so that was a really great sell. You know, I don't charge $5,000 a month anymore, but back when I did, it was very easy for people to say yes, because there was such a great bold promise and, and I could show them there was a method, you know, methodology for achieving that. So any sort of person that's in a business coaching area um, who is going to help deliver a you know, a bottom line result pretty quickly, 
Um, I think four weeks is the max that you would ever do that for. Um, but then you will have premium life coaching um, coaches who are not going to be able to produce a monetary return. So typically those $5,000 dollar offers are between um, eight to 12 weeks. So um, yeah, so we play around with that a little bit just because there's usually not, um, it's, it's harder more so for the clients, my clients, the coaches to see that somebody would invest $5,000 in their relationship coaching or in their health and fitness coaching or in their, you know, just their basic life coaching kind of business. They, they can't wrap their head around the fact that someone will pay $5,000 for that. I believe people would, um, but it's usually the coaches that have a problem with that. So we figure out, well, what is the a price point or, you know, the 5,000 actually is the price point, but it's like, what can we, how can we figure this out so that that $5,000 feels very high value to you? And as I say, for some coaches, that's like an eight week program. And for other people, it might be 12. Perfect. Got it. So talk to us a little bit about um, crafting a program, because what I've found is most people then just throw everything they know into one program because after all it's you know so much higher than they've charged what really should go into a program yeah I love that question um it's really a case of less is more and we want to try and solve one problem at a time so you might have a program that does a number of things and if if I go back and look at my um programs I have um, the 5k formula for coaches, which teaches people it's four steps. It's basically, basically figure out what your coaching sweet spot is, figure out, how, and then we package it. And then, um, I show them how to build the assets so that they can go and sell it. And then I show them where to go and get their first client. So it's very, very simple. And part of me was very tempted to say, you know, but then we're going to need lead generation and we're going to need all these other things. But it's like, no, that just dilutes the power of that course. So that course is designed to get people to hustle without spending any money to go and sign those clients. And they typically sell between two and four of those $5,000 packages. And then I have another course, which is called Lead Magnet Mastery for Coaches. And I basically in four weeks teach them how to develop their um, lead magnet, how to activate that and start to generate leads automatically. And so if I tried to do both of those things together in a, you know, a six or an eight week course, um, it just doesn't have the same sense of power and the same sense of focus. And so I'm really about solving a specific problem. But say I was running, you know, a, a program that went for three months or six months or something like that, I would start them with the 5K formula. That would be month one. Month two would be about lead generation, for example. Um, month three might be about content creation. But I would not try to make it all work together because people... I've been doing this a long time and people get confused and they fall behind. And when they fall behind, they freak out and then they kind of drop the ball and then they check out because they're worried that everybody else thinks that they've fallen behind. And so I just like to keep things super simple. Um, and when you throw the kitchen sink at it, when you try to you know, teach people everything you know in one course, it it overwhelms people. And for me, the, the success of a program is really dictated by the results that my clients get. And if they're not getting results, it usually means that I've overwhelmed them. It doesn't mean that I haven't given them enough. It means that I've given them too much and they're down in the weeds somewhere and I've got to go pull them out. So um, yeah, content creation for courses and, and coaching programs and things like that. Definitely the rule of thumb is less is more. What do you find is the hardest thing, the biggest stopping spot, if you will, for people when they are beginning to create their first high ticket course? program I think there are so many moving parts like to make a really simply elegant offer that seems very very simple takes a bit of time it's like I like to liken this to women that do the nude look with makeup you know that the amount of time and energy that goes into making something look like nothing it's kind of like that and so um, they're usually trying to do too many things at once. So they're thinking about the sales page. They're thinking about how they're going to get leads. They're thinking about discovery calls. They're thinking about a million different things when 
you know, one thing at a time is really critical. And so overwhelm would be, I guess, generally speaking, the biggest barrier. Um, but if they were to sit down as well and ask themselves, okay, what, what is the work that I want to do? What is the problem that I want to solve in the market? And how do I want to solve this? Um, most people struggle to figure that out on their own in a really simple way. You know, they will tell them, so for, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, so I've got a, a coach at the moment who's in the wellness space, for example, and she is, you know, when she first came to me, she'd been in this space for a couple of years, but not really been able to get clients on board or anything like that. And I looked at what she was doing you know, she was going out onto the internet and making a lot of noise on the internet, which is pretty typical. People are like, I need to be visible. I need to be visible. But there was no offer. There was nothing that was really clear um, for people to understand. Oh, I like what she's saying, but I don't know what to do next. It's like, I don't know if I can buy something. I don't know exactly what she does. And so, you know, a lot of people go out there and they they put the cart before the horse and they're trying to be visible and they're trying to create sales pages, but they haven't really started with that foundational piece of, you know, what is the problem that I'm solving in the market and how can I articulate its value very, very clearly so people, you know, the lowest common denominator on the internet is going to understand exactly what I do and, and what my promise is. I love that. So let's uh, give people who are just starting out, they're maybe not quite there ready to work with you yet. What is something that a person can do to prep themselves to be ready to work with you and create a high ticket offer? Yeah, so I've got a lot of free content and I'm actually about to run a program in the middle of July that is called um, Five Days to Your 5K Offer. It's a low-end product. It's $97 for five days. And over those five days, I'm going to do the first part of what I do with my clients. So on day one, I'm going to help them. I'm just going to actually pull up my sales page because it's right here and I can show you, um, I can tell you exactly what is on it. But I do offer some low end stuff from time to time to help people get this, pull this stuff together because um, the pricing and packaging is the most important thing. Um, so day one, I talk about the zero competition formula. So that's helping them to really uncover what make, what's going to make them unique as a coach and um, on the inter internet. Um, day two is about the secret to magnetic offers. So that's helping them to get really clear about what is the promise that they're going to make? How can they make that offer really compelling? Um, then on day three, we're going to develop the coaching framework or their client success pathway. So they know how they're going to get the client the results so that they have confidence in their product. Um, day four is copywriting mastery. Um, I'm going to teach them how to write copy that connects with their audience so that people do want to know more and they're interested in what, what it is that they're selling. And day five is I help them get all of their ducks in a row so that they're ready for their first 5K yes. And so that's, you know, how are people going to pay them? How sorry, excuse me, um, how are people going to pay them? How are um, people going to, how are they going to onboard their clients and things like that? So it's a really great product and I'm going to run it as a live offer, but, you know, people might be listening to this down the track. Um, it will potentially be an evergreen product at some point and it'll stay around that price point um, because that's my way of being able to help people to do that. But I also have a lot of free content that will help people um, bring themselves up to speed as well. And somebody that's ready and would like to work with you, how can they get in contact with you? Yeah, so they can go to my website, which is my name, michellehext.com, um, or they can head over to Instagram, um, where I'm at Michelle Hext, and they can shoot me a message, and, and then we can chat backwards and forwards just to see if um, we're going to be a good fit, and, you know, I can point them in the right, right direction if they just need a program, and then um, if I think we need to jump on a call, we can do that as well. And that's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-H-E-X-T dot com. Michelle, it, thanks so much. You. Yeah, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. You are very welcome. Thanks so much for having me. What a great time Michelle and I had. I do hope you really will take a look at what you charge and maybe look at how could I bring out a high ticket item and charge more and get more for what a valuable me that I am in this world. As we each of us are thriving, we each of us are living, 
as thriving entrepreneurs. We'll be right back. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity, and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Today we are talking about valuing you and how could we have that discussion without having a discussion about money and really helping you understand how to value yourself. Join me in welcoming Bob Wheeler. Hey, Bob, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Steve. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. So I, I have a CPA practice with about a thousand clients. I am the CFO of the world famous comedy store. And I have a company called The Money Nerve. I wrote a book called The Money Nerve. Um, I have a podcast, Money You Should Ask. And what I'm doing in the world is just trying to have conversations about money and emotions to normalize conversations around money um, to help remove the stigma of shame around financial literacy or lack thereof, and just letting people know they're not alone in their financial journeys. So has anyone from the comedy store written you a really good joke about money? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they write themselves. Um, well, you know, I actually, uh, so I did comedy for about 20, 20 something years, um, but uh, haven't been up in a couple of years with the COVID. But uh, I actually started out as a comic, is, which is how I became the CFO of the comedy store, <laughs> I guess. Um, I guess I did enough jokes or I, I didn't do good jokes. I don't know which. <laughs> well, that's really cool. That's so awesome. So tell me a little bit about um, how money can be a good thing for, cause, cause for most people, you know, it's, it's that thing they don't want to talk about the thing that stresses them out. You know, it's, it's just, even that we said money, we've triggered a few people. So yeah, give us some things that makes it actually a good thing. Well, money's an awesome thing because it gives us the, the power to have freedom of time. It allows us to pay it forward and help other people. Um, there are so many good things about money. Um, but as entrepreneurs, as individuals, even working for other companies, you know, sometimes we don't think we deserve it or we aren't sure if uh, look, there aren't better people out there that should be making more money than us or it shouldn't be this easy. Um, I think if we can learn to have a healthy relationship with money, uh, and allow ourselves to reward ourselves for working hard or making smart decisions, uh, that it's actually okay. So you said something so important, and that's all of the things that you can do that are good in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think a lot of times we don't think of the fact that, you know, good people with more money just do more good in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we have a misnomer, um, you know, that uh, wealthy people are evil, right? I'll talk to people, I do workshops. And uh, what do you think of rich people? They're horrible, they're greedy, they're this and that. Who wants to be rich? I do, (laughs) right? And etc. We have this contradiction going on between, you know, I want to be rich, but I don't want to be like them. And there's so much good in the world that is done by people with lots of money. there's nothing wrong with it. It's an awesome way to pay it forward. Absolutely, it is. So, 
and I was even thinking about this as I was prepping for us today. Um, a lot of us have a uh, money blueprint, I think is probably the word I'm going to use, yeah. um, that is imprinted on us even from small childhood, you know, absolutely. Um, the background that we grew up in. And so then when we move in the world and we have opportunity to make more money, a lot of times we have feelings around that because it's not even a matter of unworthiness. We just don't even know how to live in that world. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, absolutely. We are, many of us are working on unconscious money beliefs and money mindsets that we picked up when we were three, four, five, six, and seven. And we just haven't updated our, our, our software. And so we are operating on stuff that we don't realize happened when we, we made a judgment or a decision when we were four years old or five years old. And we were like, money's horrible, or I don't want to have too much of it, or you should judge people with money. Whatever the stories are, we're unconsciously carrying that out there. And I agree, it doesn't have anything to do with necessarily, am I worthy? It's just, oh, money is scary. If I talk about money, it means we should have a conflict. Uh, we should always fight, or we should run from it, or never discuss it, or whatever, the, whatever those little tidbits that we picked up and said, these are the golden nuggets, and then we've held on to them. So how do we even, you know, change that? How do we, how do we really, truly, I love the phrase you used, update our software? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, you know, the first thing we have to do is do some exploratory uh, reviews. What what do I remember in my childhood? Like, what are some of those moments? What did mom and dad say or not say about money? Uh, what did I pick up in my culture or from if I was in a church or a temple or whatever those things were? What did I remember? Um, and then start to just bring it to awareness, because if we don't um, if we don't name it, we can't then say, oh, wait, I want something different. So we got to bring it out of the unconscious to the conscious. Um, and then start looking at it and seeing, is it story or is it truth? Oh, that's just a story that I picked up. Um, that belongs to my grandma. <laughs> and, and then we can decide, does that serve me anymore? And I'm will, am I, do I want to let it go? Like, what do I, I always look at it from a, a cost benefit analysis. What's the cost of holding on to the old story and what's the benefit? And, you know, if there's more benefit to letting it go, am I willing to do that? So then we get to the next step. We've decided, okay, this is the new way and we're beginning to live in that way. And then, you know, life happens, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. What do we do when we find that even though we've decided what we want to do, we're still acting in that other way? Yeah, so we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to step back a couple steps. The main thing is picking up and moving forward again and not shaming ourselves or taking ourselves out for missteps. The, for me, the best way to, to help keep the course is to find people that will hold me accountable and in a non-shaming way with a little bit of love and compassion um, so that when I misstep, I can have my friends say, hey, remember you wanted me to hold you accountable? You're sort of doing that thing again. Um, so that I can, so I can really like know that I'm accountable to myself and that I have other people that have my back. Um, and so I will tell people, Hey, there's, here's some ways that I might self-sabotage. Would you, would you keep me in check or find a, find a money buddy um, that you can go to and say, Hey, I'm struggling with this. And, and you, and both of you can work with each other to be a support system. Oh, I like that concept of a money buddy. Um, so is it better to find somebody who has been where you are and made it through that is going through the same things kind of that you are still dealing with, you, you know, you're going through right now, or what's the best kind of a money buddy? So for a money buddy, I mean, it's great to have mentors. And I think of somebody that's already been through it, that's guiding me as a mentor. I think it's great to have a money buddy that's actually got their own stuff going on as well. Maybe not the same things so that you both have a safe place to go to and go, you'll never believe what I did. I just spent my paycheck on the lottery or, or whatever it is, but having a safe place that's not necessarily your financial advisor who might give you grief um, or, you know, just somebody that you can like be on equal with. Hey, I'm struggling with this. How about you? Um, 
And then also, yes, have those mentors, have those people that have been there that can say, man, been there, done that. Here's how I got through it. So you do have some people that can help lift you up. I think both are important, but I do think it's important having somebody that you don't feel is superior to you, but that's sort of on equal footing so that you can go through these journeys together. That is so powerful. I mean, I think if people just took even that one piece of advice, that could just make such huge differences for them. So let's look at it the other way. Um, you know, what is the thing that people say to you, uh, I keep trying to do this, but I just keep not, you know, what is the struggle that people seem to not be able to overcome or have struggles come overcoming? Well, I think for a lot of people, it's taking that first step. A lot of people will say to me, well, you know, I can't do it now because there's all this stuff going on in life. Um, but if, as soon as I get an extra paycheck or as soon as I can get a stable relationship, then I'm going to, don't wait, just start taking baby steps. If saving money for you is hard, just start by saving five bucks a week, um, paying down debt. Okay. Don't pay all of it down tomorrow because you don't have it. Great. Just start paying down 20 bucks more than the credit card payment is requiring. Um, and, and you know what I did when I went through my crazy credit cards are just extra free money that you don't have to pay back with lots of interest. I ended up putting them in a, um, in a Tupperware and freezing it, like literally froze all my credit cards and only kept a debit card so that I couldn't go in and just go, oh, I need to charge this. No, I had to break my habit. And so just little baby steps moving slowly towards the goal instead of trying to take it all on at once because that's overwhelming i just have this thought of you you know then having something that comes up you know whether it was legitimate or not that's only you can tell but you know and, and with like an ice chisel smacking <laughs> away trying to get at that credit card well see that's exactly why i did that because literally even in running it under the hot water is going to take an hour or two. If I microwave it, I'm going to mess up the magnetic tape. Um, and the ice pick, yeah, it just takes too long. So it gives you a pause. It gives you just enough time to hiccup to go, what am I doing? Freaking get over it. You're not charging it. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. So um, what is, you said, so the, the hardest part is people getting started. Yeah. Um, Let's go back to mindset. I love uh -huh. the concept of freezing it, but let's go back to mindset. Mm -hmm. What is a mindset shift that a person could do right now today that would help them be more empowered with their money? I think one of the things that, biggest things they could do is make a list of all the things they do have, right? Because a lot of people come from it's scarcity and I don't have enough and I need more. If you could just start writing down and say, oh, I have $5,000 in my 401k or I have 50,000 in my 401k. I've got $1,000 in the bank. Oh, I have some jewelry. Um, just start writing those basic things down. To And people are surprised when they actually start to see, oh, that's right. I have a car. It's worth a thousand bucks or it's worth 5,000 bucks. I've got some, I've got some silver. Um, or even if you don't have any of that, at least you see where you are. Um, the other part of that list is to start to write down all the things you're grateful for. I'm, I'm grateful that I can, even though gas is $7 a, a gallon, I can pay for it. I'm grateful for that. Do I love paying it? Not really, but I'm grateful that I'm able to do it. I'm grateful that I have running water. There are a lot of people in the world that don't even have running water, let alone hot water. So just to start to find those things of, wow, I'm grateful I woke up this morning. I'm grateful that I've got a vehicle that can get me where I'm going or that I have money to take the bus. Start to look for the places where life is good instead of all the places where life falls short. Wow, that's, that's going to be a huge one and really tough for some people. So again, yeah. let's go back to, uh, you know, what do you do when you take a look at all of that and you get depressed about it rather than feeling empowered by what you have. <laughs> yes. You know, so a lot of times when it can get overwhelming and one of the things is to pay attention to, am I blaming everybody? Like this is their fault. My parents didn't teach me or that's not fair because like, and we're blaming. So the question I ask myself when I'm blaming is 
what do I get to avoid feeling by blaming other people? Oh, I have to feel the grief that I didn't step up to the plate, or I have to feel the disappointment that I might not reach the goals that I said I wanted. Um, actually, just let those feelings come and just go, wow, that's temporary. I am not all of my feel like that's not me for my whole lifetime. It's just me in this moment feeling depressed or feeling sad. Again, I go back to the gratitude place. When I'm feeling depressed, I start looking at, oh, well, hey, I've got a, I've got a cool dog. Um, he loves me. Uh, and just look for those little nuggets that can actually help get you back out of that, of that momentary depression. Reach out to somebody. You know, I've had people reach out and say, hey, I just, I just need a hand or I just need a, I just need a hug. Um, look for those things that, so that you can get out of that seemingly never ending, you know, pit that just keeps getting deeper and deeper, find a, like, reach out to somebody, go, Hey, can you just give me a hand for a minute? And maybe the first person says, no, ask somebody else. Like it only takes one person to help uh, give you some assistance. Even if a few people are too busy, don't give up. Just keep, just keep looking for those, those nuggets and those little angels out there that are, that are out there. I'm going to tell everybody from now on, Bob Wheeler said that my dog is one of the most powerful financial tools I have in my life. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. He doesn't judge me if I overspend or I'm too cheap on something. He just looks at me and smiles. And, and it's important that we have, you know, sometimes family is not the best uh, resource to go to to get support because they're all like, I told you so and you should have listened and sometimes we just need somebody to just go, Hey, I'm cool with you. Just like you are like, we're enough just like we are. Yeah. There's some things we could do a little bit differently, but we don't need to take ourselves out. There's plenty of other people that will do that uh, willingly and, and freely. So find those things. If it's your dog or your cat or a friend that's just willing to go, Hey, look, yeah, I get it. I've made mistakes too. Like we all have, I have certainly made lots and lots of mistakes financially. I absolutely love that. Well, so there are some people that um, might want to go deeper with you. What kind of people do you work with? Um, so I work with anybody that's willing to be uncomfortable and that's willing to do the work. Like they're really willing to look at stuff and say, ah, okay, there's some little ugly pieces here and I, and I want to work through it. Um, I work with older people. I work with young people. I work with couples a lot. Um, just anybody that's really willing to like change their relationship with money, start to see it in a different way and start to see that it's okay to actually want to have money and to let money in. And if they did want to work with you, how would they get in contact with you? Best way to reach me is through the website. My email and stuff is there, themoneynerve.com. It's nerve, not nerd. I'm a nerd, but it's the money nerve. Um, they can reach out to me and we certainly love connecting with the listeners and people out there that are just looking to do it differently. We're not out there trying to upsell anybody or do anything. I, I, I truly just want people to have a better relationship with money. And so whatever that looks like for you, even if it's just starting with a question of, Hey, I need some help or I need a little bit of direction. Love, love to jump in and work with people. I appreciate that so much. Bob, thank you so much for being on the show with us here today. Well, Steve, it's been a pleasure. And uh, I wish everybody out there a wonderful, healthy relationship with money or in the process of getting there. Have those conversations with yourself and with others about money and live as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. author who's on a mission stand out with your brand out <laughs> check this out guys yep everything's marketing and marketing is everything your existing book can become a best-selling book or even hey like mine a number one international best-selling book in five days listen if your business isn't known by everybody it's obscurity and that's death right the same thing is true for your book if you're not happy with the way your book is performing you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling 
Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we're talking about value yourself. What do you see as the value of yourself? And are you valuing yourself at the level that you should? We've had a couple of really great guests and we have one more to go here for you. I thought it would be best if we ended this off with talking about your purpose, about really understanding how amazingly incredible you are so that as you look at what value to give to yourself, you understand just how special, how unique and how wonderful you are. With that said, let's jump into our last guest. Join me in welcoming Kenneth Lord. Hey, Kenneth, how are you doing today? Remarkable. How are you, Steve? I'm good, thank you. Tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Well, what a great question that is. I was, um, I think that oftentimes as we, as we evolve and we go through different experiences in our lives, we become more aware more aware of ourselves, more aware and more conscious of the way that we see things, see the world, see people. And I feel as though not only has our world changed so much, uh, however, but what it actually does is it gives us kind of this insight into ourselves more. And so for the last three decades uh, or more, I've been in that same Kind of process, really just going within to identify, you know, people, understanding people and helping them to relate to themselves, understand themselves so that they can be the best in their true destiny, their true purpose in life. And so this is how really I show up in the world is really showing people and helping them to realize who they are in the world for the betterment of humanity. A lot of people struggle with the concept of, you know, what's my purpose? Who am I? What should I be doing? Um, how do you even get started on that journey? How, where does a person start? That's, that's such a great question, isn't it? I personally believe that everybody knows their purpose in life. What happens in my view is that we have all these perceptions and things that either we put on ourselves or, or, or other people put on us in terms of ideas, ways, experiences, and so forth. And it takes away from really who we are in the world, that, that essence of, and that nature in which we come from, you know, that authenticity and that genuineness. And I believe that once you just realize that it's, that it's important for you to realize what your true purpose is or what I call your core destiny, that's when you then that's when you kind of let go and let it unfold inside of you. There's like an inquiry that's inside of us. And when you really determine that that's what is really important to you, it's really about letting go of all of those things, of all the old habits, all the old patterns, all the things that have preventing you from actually seeing it. So it's, it's really already there. It's really just releasing those programs, those patterns, those habits that prevent you from seeing it and realizing it and coming to that point of understanding. But a lot of times people, they are focused on either a job or they're focusing on a relationship or something that distracts them or takes them away from that true essence. That's a, you know, interesting point there. And that's about the fact that sometimes, whether it's that we're busy or other things, we're so distracted that we're not even in a space of beginning to look at who am I and what should I do in this world? So how do you even get 
beyond the step one we just talked about it to be ready for step one okay so so one of the things that we're always kind of talking about is we're talking about being conscious we're talking about being aware we're always talking about looking at every single moment every single decision because every decision sets up our next decision and that decision that was just set up changes the trajectory of our lives for the rest of our lives and again it's really if you if you look at any context in your life and you say i want a relationship and that's really important to you there's an internal internal intention that that draws you towards that and that towards you but it but again it's based upon the the intensity of your intention is how that's going to show up in your life i believe that when you when you're when you really when it's really important to you for example a person that i was talking with even today said that they realized at one point you know that they they um, they work at a company for four years they're doing really well but then something happened health-wise for them, so they're out for a few months. They're no longer able to make the bonus that they had been working so hard last year for because they're out right now. And so therefore they realize that that company isn't as, they don't see him as the value that, that you know, he thought he was. And therefore, because of that, now he's thinking about uh, he's thinking about potentially even leaving or doing something else. And so oftentimes it's those types of situations that open our eyes so that our intentions become more intense. And once they become intense, now all of a sudden we begin to look outside in the world. It could be through a platform. It could be by talking with someone. And just by doing that, those experiences are now being drawn to us so that um so that those you know our next step or our next level is actually coming towards us and again it's all based upon the in, in the intensity of that right and so when we're really interested in finding that person or getting that other job or starting a business for instance it's one of those things where it's either going to come from within you, this kind of nudge. It could be an experience outside of us. It could be lots of different uh, things that happen to us. And, uh, and so oftentimes it's really just being more aware and conscious because it, it really is designed to be every moment of our lives, every moment and every second of our lives, the more conscious we are, the more intent, um, the me, the more uh, intentional we are in our lives, the stronger that we're going to be clear, be able to focus on and have the things that we want. And that includes their purpose, that includes whatever physical things that they want or ancillary things that somebody wants. And so I'm speaking generally because I'm wanting to clarify this whole picture. It's not just about a purpose per se, because there are times when we kind of uh, come into that purpose unknowingly, right? We might determine that uh, we might get an insight to go over to uh, a place. It could be Starbucks or someplace. All of a sudden there's a person or a circumstance or situation that all of a sudden just opened our eyes. And just by being willing or by having that initial intention to move in that direction, it was being brought to us in maybe unconventional ways, right? And so we just stumble upon, you know, different ways. Other times it's more, it's more you realizing what your natural gift is. What are you, what are you good at? What do you, what's a hobby for that you really enjoy? So those types of things. I always say that it begins from the intangible and then it expresses itself externally. So the intangible is an example would be, I'm good at organizing people, situations, and things. So, you know, you can use that in intangible in most any industry, that example. And then from there, you 
find out what makes your heart sing. How do you want to express that in the world? And that's when you look for the industry that you want to share, uh, be in. So that in that example, it could be a catering manager, it could be a facilitator of goods or something of that nature. The point is, is, is simply focusing on the internal first and what comes naturally for you internally. And then it, that expression of it's going to be defined based upon what you're drawn to, whatever that is externally. Most of the time, people focus on the external, they'll focus on the industry first and, and not, not pay too much attention to the internal. And then later on, they get, they get burnt out because they, they weren't fulfilled in what, what they were doing, even though they might've enjoyed it to some degree, um, because it didn't start with the inner first, um, then, then they got burnt out later on. Does it make any sense? Mm, absolutely, it does. Um, I mean, for the real naysayer, mm -hmm. what would you say to the person who, um, you know, doesn't even really show a willingness to even start on this journey that they should be on? Um, you know, what would you say to them? I would say that everybody has a choice. It's, and if they determine that in this moment that, um, that, that it's not really where their focus is, then that's really not where their focus is. Okay. It's so, because it's not, it's, not, it's not up to me to determine if where somebody should be. It's their choice. They have free will. So let's... Um... Let's help people out. Let's give them a really good starting point. What is something that somebody listening right now could do right now to begin to further uh, define and live in their purpose? I would say really what I was just uh, mentioning, which is, um, so if I were going to talk with somebody, I'd begin asking them questions such as, so what's your ultimate goal? What's your ultimate goal in life? What's your ultimate purpose? Who are you? What is it that you ultimately want to do? That would be my first question to you. And, and every single time somebody has their, what they're ultimately wanting to do. They, they want to do this. They want to do that. They have this bigger picture. There's this bigger vision that they want to ultimately achieve. Usually that ultimate goal and vision is exactly what they ultimately want to do, are good at, and they've even made plans and strategized things. And this is something I've also noticed is that if I were to talk with somebody and we're just starting the conversation, I'm asking that question, nine times out of 10, if it's the person's ultimate goal, if it's who they truly are and what their destiny is about and, and what they're naturally good at, they have thought through this They've made plans on, in, in writing. They've, they, maybe they grew up thinking about it. Maybe they started doing it when they were younger. All these kinds of things of, of kind of mapping it out are, are oftentimes what they're destined to do. That's really how I would say is that's exactly right. Because if I began to go deeper into questions of, okay, tell me more about that. They, you could tell they've thought through the entire process or where they, why they're doing it, what their plans are, how they're going to, why they want to, why they even started thinking that way, right? So I would look at just by using that example, if there's something that this is how you've done it or it's been unfolding in your life, that may be the actual thing that you're destined to do. Now, there's oftentimes a few reasons why people haven't achieved it yet. And um, it may boil down to a few things outside of income. One is when something comes naturally for someone, they take it for granted oftentimes when it comes naturally for someone. Okay. And there's two main reasons I've identified that this is the case, a lack of self-value and or a lack of self-worth. Okay. And so if that person had the value in the worth, they would internally set themselves up to propel that forward. However, since it just comes naturally, like they're you know, breathing, and it just comes, uh, they're gifted in that area, they often don't put as much value as somebody else would. A good example would be an artist, 
you know, or a writer, somebody you've seen, somebody's amazing artwork. And, and in your mind, you're looking at this and saying, this is brilliant. And the person is saying, oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's just something I did in 30 minutes. And, and to you and to most everybody else, it's brilliant work. But to them, because of that lack of self-value or lack of self-worth, they're, they're not valuing that, that um, natural gift in the context of someone else. So they might sell it for, you know, three or $400 when they could be selling it for three or $4,000 or more. And, and it just boils down to that piece. So I would say to look at the things that come naturally for you and nine times out of 10, that's the thing that you're designed to do or be in the world. And whether that is that you've designed, that you create a business or something around, or that you utilize that in, in some sort of business that you're working for, that's oftentimes the, um, your, your natural gift. Because it really does come naturally for you. Love that. So for a person who maybe needs a little bit of help and would like to work with you to get this uh, going for them, how can they get in contact with you? How can they work with you? Well, you can always um, go to my website, kennethlord.info, kennethlord, two, N, two E's and two N's, uh, kennethlord.info. Um, uh, you, can, you can email me at kennethlord at yahoo.com. Um, those are a couple of ways right now that, uh, that are available and, uh, and just put, put, uh, that, um, that you heard this on, uh, Steve's podcast so that, um, so that, you know, I know where you're coming from and I can put the VIP priority on it. Awesome. I appreciate that. Well, Kenneth, thanks so much for being here on the show with us today. Thank you, Steve. I really appreciate you. You're doing great work. You have a purpose. You have a destiny. You are valuable. Do you value yourself? Do you really look in the mirror and see that amazingly incredible person called you? Do you know that you are uniquely brilliant, that you were created for a purpose, and that the world needs you? Do you understand what it means to thrive? Do you value yourself? I really hope you do. And I hope that if you struggle, we all do at times, with valuing yourself, that this episode was a reminder to really truly value yourself, to really truly look at all of those amazing things that you do in this world, to charge what you're worth, to understand money and get rid of the shame and guilt over making money and more importantly than everything making sure that you really truly know how important you are it's all three of those none of them can go separately you have to understand your purpose and live in it you have to value yourself and charge what you're worth, and probably charge more than what you're charging. And then you also need to understand that as the money comes in, you've got to get rid of those restrictions and all of the bad messaging you've had about it and really get to the place where you can find the freedom to make the difference that only you can make in the world while it's called today. Thanks so much for joining us here today on Thriving Entrepreneur. I hope until we're together again next time, you're happy and you have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. who's on a mission stand out with your brand out <laughs> check this out guys yep everything's marketing and marketing is everything your existing book can become a best-selling book or even hey like mine a number one international best-selling book in five days listen if your business isn't known by everybody it's obscurity and that's death right the same thing is true for your book if you're not happy with the way your book is performing you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling Go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve,
believe. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. You are-